0: Visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw
1: Hello and welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So, and up this hour we have Just the Classics, our new music show. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Wednesday, July 15th, and in the studio we have Shirley Lin. Hello. Katherine Wei. Hi. Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie Sil. And we'll be telling you about how a doctor is telling men to do something women do to beat the heat. Also, how Taiwan is ranked the second safest country in the world. And um, a very unique an easy to remember ID number and a roller coaster malfunction all those stories and more coming right up okay so have you guys noticed that it's been really really hot lately
2: it very has very hot yeah so how do you guys beat the heat um I don't. You don't be <laughs> no, I, I, I try to carry the umbrella, but I'm lazy with that. You're lazy
1: with that. Well,
2: what I'm saying is that if it's just a short distance, I don't bother to take out my umbrella and fold it, and you know, and open it up. So, do you fold
1: it like really neatly? Yeah. Well, is that it, why you think it's too much trouble? Maybe. <laughs> some people like take a long. long very you know painstakingly folded so it's yeah. perfect yeah i do I that know. you do so, that
2: okay i just I mean, put on sunscreen it's a nice habit yeah so i just put on sunscreen whenever i remember
1: mm. <laughs> so you only do things when you remember when i
2: remember <laughs> like on my arms yeah. how about
1: you guys uh, all right, it's all ladies here today so don't go share the secrets? afternoon
3: that's really pretty dark
2: out. Yeah, Cat, you've I, got I'm a tan. tan.
3: Well, I tan intentionally. I go to the beach a lot. Uh-huh. Oh, you're from California, right? People yeah, like to yeah. tan over there. Yeah. Well, I'm here too, but... I'm I, you know, I plan my trips out very carefully now. Like, I only do... I go to the office and do my lunch run on the way, so I don't have to be out there. Oh, so I right. was try not to be out in heat too long. No.
1: Yeah, it's been really hot, and the a doctor um actually has come out to tell men that they can learn from women. <laughs> and... Uh, it's one habit that, because recently 190 people were sent to the emergency room wow. uh, for loss of consciousness caused by heat injuries. That's just in the first ten days of this month. Oh, so it's oh it's a big um, medical issue actually because it's very hot, and three fourths of the people are men. And so
4: three, of them? yeah, oh. so it's okay. a lot
1: more men. So one health expert is saying that. Men should learn from women and use parasols.
2: No way, men no, are not maybe. gonna. You think they're not gonna do that? You know, my husband does, doesn't even carry an umbrella when it rains because <laughs> they're just too lazy. You know, it's a lazy issue. They it's think a it's of, a. Also, a, it's a feminine yeah, it's, right. It's yeah, nice. it's, a feminine it's a feminine
1: thing. They think but it's too feminine. Yeah. You know, it really makes a difference because I have one that's all black inside mm. and also all silver outside right. and it's really big it cuts out the uv rays yeah so yeah. right when i and it's automatic so right when i just press the button it's like oh instant shade right <laughs> around me i mean and the doctor says actually it can reduce the uh, apparent temperature by about five degrees celsius wow five that's degrees that's yeah. you know it's a good okay. deal it's carrying your own shade around didn't and it hit
3: and almost 39 degrees yesterday
2: yeah yeah yeah, well, we have to say how much the temperature is, yes. That's crazy. Yeah.
3: So, um, you know,
1: two years ago, you know, Japan was facing a similar heat wave, and they began, the government began promoting the use of umbrellas among men. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this doctor is saying that, you know, Taiwan should do the same thing. He said he tried it himself, and he walked out for half an hour during the morning, nine thirty, ten, 10. And when he was walking... Without an umbrella, he sweated, like, so much. And with an umbrella, he didn't sweat at all.
2: Oh, okay. That's a big difference. Yeah, that's That's a big difference. That's a big
1: difference. So, I don't know. Do you think you guys could persuade the men around you to use an umbrella?
4: (sighs) I don't know. I guess if they don't want to carry an umbrella, they can wear a straw hat. Oh, that's like, true. Yeah. Like our he health said the minister that. did. Yeah. I thought you
2: were going to just say a hat. I mean, any like baseball cap my husband can, can deal with, that's but a, a straw hat. That's <laughs> a
1: little bit more helpful. Well, the more coverage you get, the better. Yeah, so, I right? know. But the thing with hats is they only cover part of your face, mm. whereas an umbrella, it's your whole body. Yeah. So I, I go by the umbrella. I, I use it all the time. So right. anyway, a <laughs> uh, little advice from a uh, health expert here in Taiwan. It's also related to a gender um, habit, I guess. And when look at our premiere here, he was seen at the beach with a very white face, because he's oh. pretty tan. Uh. And people are like, what happened to him? What do you guys think happened to him?
2: He put on loads of suntan lotion. I mean, a uh, sun sunscreen. sunscreen.
1: No, he huh? he actually he grabbed the wrong bottle. So, <gasps> wrong bottle? Yeah, because so you know that? his daughter said that. You know, before he left the home, he grabbed this color correcting cream. He thought it was sunscreen <laughs> lotion because oh,
0: no. you know he has a
1: few daughters. And then he he put it on while he's in the car. He didn't even look at himself when he, <laughs> when he you know That's got really out. Funny. And then he started speaking at this beach <laughs> event. That's
3: innocent dad mistake. That's so funny. People are like, what happened
1: to him? <laughs> he said he scared some people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, Is he okay? yeah. I feel so bad. <laughs> I know. It's funny. So actually people, are, I mean, you know, uh, health experts are saying also while on the subject, people should wear um, sunscreen mm-hmm. and it's good to wear at least SPF 30 if you're going to be outdoors. Oh, okay. 30 or more. I least, wear at yeah. least a lot more than that. Yeah, 15 So minutes. and you should apply between uh, 15 to 30 minutes before you go out in the sun. Oh really? So, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Don't apply right when you're going out. It doesn't work that way.
2: Oh well, okay. So I'm wasting on my sunscreen then. <laughs> I so, mean, put it, it, kicks it right in before way later. I get out.
3: <laughs> and it's
1: also good to reapply every couple of hours too, mm. especially if you're sweating yeah. and if you're getting wet and all that. So There's a okay. lot to do to stay safe from the sun. know lot really. of work. So um, I know it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, summertime. These are good tips for us here in Taiwan and throughout the world.
5: The Sound of the Amis Tribe on Radio Taiwan International.
1: Um, an international ranking about safety.
2: Tell us more about that. Okay, so uh, Taiwan is the second safest country in the world after Qatar uh, out of 133 countries and territories that were um, surveyed. Um, So it's the Crime Index by Country 2020 Mid-Year Survey. And so we came in second place. The top-ranked country was Qatar, like I said. And basically it's based on surveys of visitors to its website this index website, who were asked to rate the safety and overall level of crime in these 133 countries and territories. And basically, it's just very easy math. Um, What they do is that uh, it's a a straightforward subtraction of the safety score from the total of 100 points. Mm -hmm. So to figure out the crime level. Okay. And so we came out really low. And this actually is a biannual online survey, so Qatar in town was also ranked first and second in the first half of this year. And so we ranked ranked in the same place again, the second half. Um, it doesn't give much information, but I'm thinking that we are a very safe country. A lot of foreigners and expats come here saying that it's a very safe country. You know, they feel so safe here compared to back home. It's true. And you know, especially for women walking on the streets, mm. they feel very safe. And I know my husband feels safe by even, like, knocking, not locking the doors. Are you serious? Really? <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> not. That, there are burglars. So it's not like there's any okay. crime here.
2: Okay. Well, we live in an apartment complex, so that meant that we have a guard oh, at the front okay. door. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, um, someone's... At the front desk. But still... Mm-hmm. Right, so you I mean, trust your neighbors. <laughs> we, yeah, we trust our neighbors, and also we figured that you know any strangers would be stopped at the front uh, gate or something okay. like that. I don't know, but my husband really just would you know he forgot his keys, and the rest of the family has already left the house, so he'll just leave and just just close the door and not lock it. And I'm going what? So I'm like rushing to get home, you know, and I was so afraid that you know somebody somebody broke in and got stuff, but yeah, it is really really safe. Mm. So I don't know. I think some people also living in the countryside, apparently they don't lock their doors. Um, I mean, you know, if they're so, you know, already... Spread like, apart? No, oh, oh, no but it that they're very close. I mean, they're good friends with the neighbors. They trust mm. the neighbors. And so they don't lock doors. Community. Yeah, it's, you know, especially yeah. like, you know, for, um, f- farmers and their I families. I that's true. You know, right? Someone, down a south? A
1: friend of us who lived in Penghu said that. Yeah, right? um, down south. Yeah.
2: Everybody is like, everybody knows everybody. So mm-hmm. you just... You know, you trust so much that you just don't lock doors or anything like that. Yeah. How so. do you guys
1: feel? We're all women here. I feel really safe. I mean, I walk out sometimes in the middle of the night to do something at 7-Eleven mm-hmm. if I have to. Yeah. You know, and you feel fine. Well, because there's so many 7-Elevens around. It's That's like there's thing, this yeah. one you can always run into. Like, no one's going to chase you or no. grab right. you when there's so many lit, you know, convenience stores every two minutes (laughs) where you are.
2: Well, you know, we have these different um, borough chiefs, right? Or rather, like, you know, districts or neighborhoods, Mm. right? And then sometimes even some of the um, residents of the neighborhood, they would volunteer to be sort of like a watch. Like patrol? Patrol team, right, neighborhood watch. You know, that's amazing. I mean, people do it on their own. It wasn't even, like, you know, asked by the government or anything like Mm. that. So it is very safe, I mean... You know, you find these Amas and Akong, right? You know, all these grandpas and grandmas kind of like taking up, we're putting on a vest, you know, holding on flashlights and then That's they're just so patrol. Sweet. I know, it's just so sweet. Yeah, so it's all very friendly and close-knit neighborhoods. You know, everybody care, you know, watch out for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I
3: work in cafes a lot and in the U.S. you can't leave your laptop there. Like you can tell someone to watch it for you, but... There will be people who, even when you're sitting there working, they come in and try to grab your laptop. First. What? Ooh. Right in front of you? Mm-hmm. It oh, happened so much in, in the bay. Oh, my god! Yeah, gosh. but here I can just go to the bathroom. And at first, I was super scared. Someone was just going to come in and get my laptop. But, oh. yeah, but nobody did.
1: And <laughs> the, the, well, I, was, I still take my laptop with me. Yeah, I did that for a while <laughs> yeah. until
3: the, the cafe owner was like, oh, I'll keep an eye on it for you. Just um. go to the bathroom. Yeah. Everyone's really nice and
1: oh, I'm yeah, sure it's much better than
2: big cities like San Francisco and New York and you mm-hmm. have all kinds of people, right? Yeah. And let's say you go to the public bathroom and you forgot your bag in there or your purse in there. I mean, maybe 5 minutes later you say, "Oh, you remember, you walk back there. It's still in the same spot. Nobody took mm-hmm. it." That's know, true. it's there. Dad, yeah. People
1: are not like waiting to pounce on your belongings. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and yeah. a lot of people who have lost their wallet and it's been returned to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they bring it to the police. Right. Or like the convenience store person will call you yep. or wherever you lost it. I've heard so many of those stories, which is quite amazing. Yeah. So, yes, we are a safe place. We deserve to be ranked number two. <laughs> Okay, tell us about a roller coaster malfunction cat this is a little scary
3: it is yeah. so and apparently it wasn't the first time uh. in uh there is a local amusement park called the Bau discovery land mm-hmm. um they have a roller coaster that's very popular because at one point it looks like the the um trails are broken so there's like one it shoots to the top and it, you hang from there Ooh. and then it connects again but that part is where the malfunction happens a lot so people got stuck there today um i think they said it was 16 stories high wow that's really scary it is it's terrifying there's 20 people up there and they had to walk down Oh, my goodness. So, someone went up there, escorted them out of their seats, and then... They're well, right. What was the roller coaster like again? What was okay, so what it
2: does is it goes straight up, right? Yeah. Like, it's like a long train, and uh-huh. then two-seaters each row. I don't know how many rows there are, maybe 20, or maybe, I don't know. And then they, they go straight up, and then they go horizontal at the very top, mm-hmm. and then it's straight down. It's oh. like free Usually fall. like that. But
1: where did it malfunction? At the top? At the top. At the top, where... It, it looks tilted. broken the, the oh, okay. trails
3: aren't linked that was the selling point it's called the broken rails
1: <laughs> and it really is broken yeah <laughs> it really breaks all the that time so scary <laughs> it's very yeah. scary uh,
2: good oh thing that it was at a tilt not straight like you know free no, fall stuck position with their, yeah. that stories? would have been scary
3: yeah they. Wow. the report said 16 that's stories that's the thrill of free that's, fall I wonder if they
1: got some video huh? that would be pretty cool I think so yeah, <laughs> they oh wait a I don't know yeah
3: I would have needed a <laughs> blindfold. Yeah, I'm terrified That's of heights.
1: Scary. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they're all safe. Yeah, yes. they are. They are, they all are. safe.
4: Hey, Paula, tell us about this uh, unusual ID card number. All right. Um, in Taiwan, everyone has an ID card with an ID number on it, and it's a Nine-digit number, and this guy, um, his ID number happens to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's so convenient. <laughs> it's yeah, so you convenient. Won't so, it. e- so easy to remember. Everyone so will remember your name your number, right? But so when he got his um, ID card, he was a teenager, a middle school student. He think, "Oh, that's really," he thought to himself, "That's really cool." Hmm. But um, over the past thirty years, that ID number has given him. A lot of headache. It's not a, a blessing nor a curse, but it has given <laughs> a lot of headache because, you know, a lot of people of uh, rosters use his ID number to oh. get a credit card, to oh, order no. train tickets online, and to open the bank account. Oh, so dear. he poor was, it's a,
2: you know, oh, poor guy. Yeah.
1: So it, does he? It, does he get called in and things like that? Yes, he was summoned to the
4: court all the time. Oh. Yeah, he was someone to the court all the time and <laughs> the policeman those fake called call So, I mean, it's a big headache. So, some people said, you know, why don't you, uh, you know, change your ID card number? However, he does not meet the qualifications because only if the last digit of your ID number is four, can you change that? Because uh, the- seriously? The- right. Okay. That's just one yeah. requirement. Another requirement is if there are three-fourths in your ID numbers, because number four is not a it's lucky not a number in Chinese number. culture. It sounds right. like death. Why don't they just stop using four? <laughs> yeah,
2: like <laughs> the elevators.
4: <laughs> but anyway, so, so some people are saying that, you know, uh, why don't you change your um, ID number? But he said, well, I don't meet the qualifications. Now, because it, it has, that number has given him so much trouble. So um, the House of Registration Office it says, well, we can make an exception for you. Yeah, we can, you know, we I'll can change that. just give number. Good. Oh, but this better. guy said, well, forget it. You know, I've been <gasps> using this number for a long time. You know, I might as well use it for the rest of my life. He's retired already.
2: Right? Oh, but,
4: but anyway. He can still. tell a lot of stories. You yeah, yeah, yeah you know? sure. a lot of stories to tell. Right, there's a guy who even um, <laughs> used his ID number to to take part in the computer game competition and one <laughs> no uh, i don't think so <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs> i
4: would have gotten more
3: creative though i wouldn't have put in like one to nine if i were to make people believe this is my actual id
1: number that's yeah it's uh, so obvious that it's
3: it's
2: it, not yeah <laughs> but,
1: but it is a real number actually. for yeah. one guy <laughs> yeah you would think it's not a real number i
2: know see when he was a teenager he got this number and he thought it's cool right but then little did he know that it was going to give him so much trouble when he grows older. That, that I, I would imagine. never, I couldn't, I would just go crazy. I wonder
1: if they ever caught those people who used his number. Yeah. I'm sure he said, yeah, many interesting stories to tell. Really. We have another story about a U.S. researcher promoting neuroscience about that
2: Shirley? Yes, his name is Timothy Lane and he's a neuroscience researcher from the States. Who recently gained town citizenship, and which meant that he did not have to give up his U.S. citizenship to He was an to honorary get citizen. Yeah, uh, just since 2016, there's been close to 100, and, well, 141 foreign nationals have already gained citizenship without giving up their own, and so um, he's one of them just recently. And his field of study is really interesting. You know, he actually really hopes that uh, neuroscience can flourish in Taiwan and become a source of pride for Taiwan. He actually is the founder of the Brain and Consciousness Research Center at the Taipei Medical University. Actually, he first visited Taiwan in the 80s uh, to find participants for his study, for his PhD thesis. And uh, he said back then he wanted to study the brainwaves of people who believed that there's an external force speaking through them And in order to prove a theory on consciousness, you know, it was proposed that he comes to Taiwan to do that study by a Princeton University professor. Anyway, so he came to Taiwan and studied about jitong, you know, those spirit mediums who claim to be possessed by deities. And a lot of times I think we see our little kids and, you know, doing like these um, rituals that they do, they kind of beat themselves Mm, Till they Zitong. bleed, mm-hmm. oh. you know. Yeah, because um, anyway, they they seem to have supernatural power. So when he first arrived in Taiwan, it, he actually was faced with many challenges. Well, first of all, the language barrier; he didn't speak any Chinese, and also the fact that um, he had to get these expensive equipment for his research. It didn't. He didn't go into details what kind of equipment we're talking about, but um, he. But he was saying that not all the jitongs were willing to work with him. Um, you know, so he would look for little kids, you know, younger ones and more open ones. And because they're curious about what's happening to them, you know, so they're more willing to, you know, like his subjects in the in study. So he finally um, finished his thesis and got his Ph.D. in back in the States. But then in 1990s, he came back to Taiwan to teach and has been in Taiwan ever since. He really likes Taiwan a lot and um, you know he's actually seen how Taiwan transformed in a democratic country where people enjoy freedom of speech and value human rights because yeah, he's, he got to see all that during this time that he's been in Taiwan. And um, as a professor, he really hopes that his, his research can encourage more young people to join the field because he thinks that neuroscience is quite an important field of study and that it can be a pride for Taiwan. He doesn't go into detail why, but I guess, you know, with those supernatural powers and jitongs, it's uh, probably it's a good way to research on neuroscience, I guess.
1: I mean, I was thinking more in terms of mental health. Uh, brain health, right? And mental health is such a big issue, you know, yeah. in, in this modern age. It's good True. to have more experts, but he's yeah. focused on a different aspect. Than a <laughs> different aspect. <laughs> no, I Maybe he can branch
2: into, you know, now he's a scientist we can give us some ideas about to branch into mental um illness kind of thing because it's getting it's becoming a serious issue. I mean,
1: depression and anxiety is, yeah. is very common. Actually it's not
2: just in Taiwan. It's, yeah, around r- the world. Pretty much, yeah. So, around I the think world. especially
1: Asia though. Asia's Really? Kind of, yeah. Well around the world, yes.
2: Yeah, Asians I mean they you they know, suppress
1: their emotions and give oh, themselves a lot of too.
2: pressure. And, and, and how times parents pressure children get into people getting people good get, grades, right. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have less
1: healthy activities like sports and, mm. and going on in nature. They're in, in schools all day long.
2: I know. My parents are more into like study, 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 no play, you know. so right. Yeah.
0: So.
1: Anyways, that's from a parent's point of view. <laughs> here's curious what he has to offer for <laughs> the young people. It's nice to have a new citizen like that, huh? Yeah. Okay, Kat, tell us about the
3: official Pokemon gym in taipei yeah so i was not into pokemon i still am not but a lot of my friends were when pokemon go was all the rage Mm. um it was pretty insane people almost got ran over trying to get places really Uh, yeah there were tens of
1: thousands of people no actually, i think like a million people came to uh, the south
3: uh-huh. Or a big, you know, Just to get uh, competition. <sighs> types of yeah. That's yeah, crazy. But right now, um, there will be two official Pokemon game gyms in Taipei, and so these are opened by the co- Pokemon Company, and you can. The setup is really cute. They have tables in there that have. Um, it looks like so Pokemon gym is where in the animation where people go trainers go with their respective Pokemons to have little battles and that well, maybe you win a couple Pokemons from the other person or maybe your Pokemon advances and transforms into something else so this is where you can do that but with cards and you can also buy cool Pokemon gear. There are Nintendo Switches and limited edition games and other merch available at these gyms.
2: So it's not virtual. It's like
3: no, you. It's cute. kind. Of, it's kind of old school. You bring <laughs> your cards. You, people collect these. Uh, but are there special y- monsters in the gym? Yeah, I think that's that a fun of it. Collect? Not yet, but they they will be hosting I'm some sure special I'm sure they'll be events. doing some events and special. Yeah, they have creatures. some special cards on display.
1: Interesting. All right. So Pokémon is still alive and well in Do you sons play them? No. They never got into that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> None of my kids. Yeah, good. I'm kind
1: of glad. I thought I was a <laughs> same <here>. crazy. <laughs> Alright, so that's it for Here in Taiwan, and uh, stay tuned for uh, Just the Classics, but for Here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm Catherine Wei. And I'm Paula Chan. We'll see you next time.
4: You're listening to Just the Classics, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Paula Chow, your program host. In today's program, I'm going to feature Fei Yuqing's music. Who is Fei Yuqing, the singer and variety show program host who retired from show business in January? Born in Taipei in 1955, Fei is not only a household name in Taiwan, but also a popular entertainer in Chinese-speaking communities around the world. He is better known to his fans as Xiao Ge, which means little brother or younger brother. That's because his elder brother is also a showbiz personality. So is his elder sister. The song you're listening right now is entitled, When Will You Come Again?
0: 何欲君再来 Your
4: Fei Yuqing is actually the singer's stage name. His real Chinese name is Zhang Yanting. Fei entered show business in 1973 after winning a prize at a scene competition. His music features soft, melodic, and syrupy love songs, mostly in Mandarin Chinese. A good example is his 1983 hit titled Yijian Mei. Literally, it means a twig of plum blossoms. Over the past few weeks, the song has gone viral. It was on the top spot on Spotify in Norway and the second spot in Finland and Sweden. The sudden popularity started with a video posted by a Chinese entertainer on social media. In the video, the Chinese entertainer posted a clip of him singing the song. Here is the song, Tian Mei, A Trick of Plum Blossoms.
0: 期想朝遠望過ชม美花開不了 Oh,
4: According to Fei Yuqing's manager, the singer is surprised to learn that the song recorded some 37 years ago became popular again. Now, if you want to pick a classic pop song of all time, that song has to be The Moon Represents My Heart. The song was first recorded by a local singer in 1973, but it was Taiwanese pop diva Teresa Teng's rendition of the piece in 1977 that made the song a real hit. There are even versions in Japanese, Korean, Vietnamese, Indonesian, English, French, and Russian as well. Here is the song, The Moon Represents My Heart by Fei Ching.
0: 打动我的心 想你去看一看，月亮代表我的心。我爱你有几分思念抱不及 想一想，你去看一看，月亮代表我的心。
4: In 1994, Fei Yuqing was nominated for the Best Male Singer at the 6th Golden Melody Award for his song Friends for a Lifetime.
0: 你是我一生的朋友
4: Besides Love Song's face, also known for his patriotic music, the song titled Salute to the Republic of China is a perfect example. In December 1978, the United States announced its decision to cut off diplomatic ties with the Republic of China, which is Taiwan's official name. At the behest of the then-KMT government, the song was written to boost morale amid Taiwan's diplomatic setback.
0: 青海的草 Age 远看不完 해줘
4: And that's all we have for this week's edition of Just a Classics. I'll leave you with a song titled Snow Mountain Pledge. For Radio Taiwan International, I'm Paula Chow. Bye-bye.
0: 为什么你还不回来